If you choose the path of terror, your life will be empty, your life will be brief, and your soul will be fully condemned. Welcome to The Daily Standard. I'm your host, Michael Graham. President Trump is traveling across the Middle East, and so far he's getting pretty good reviews for his performance. He's raised the issue of terrorism, talked about it in some provocative ways, but are we seeing a new policy? I thought we'd ask Steve Hayes, the editor-in-chief of The Weekly Standard, who's also been writing about the fight against al-Qaeda from well, pretty much the day after we knew it started. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Good to be here. So, President Trump saying, you know, hey, you got to go tell your followers, mullahs, that being part of terrorism means your soul will be fully condemned. I got to I'm one of those guys who was I was cheering when President Trump said that. Should I have been? Yeah, I think for the most part we should be. I mean, he, he speaks with a clarity that we didn't have from President Obama for eight years, um, certainly. And and when you look at the way that the president, President Obama downplayed the threat from jihadist terror mm-hmm. uh, over his time in office, there, this is clearly the opposite. I mean, mm-hmm. President Trump has been very clear that he thinks that ISIS is a threat, Al-Qaeda is a threat, Iran is a threat. And he sees the threat, I think, correctly, and he identifies it and talks about it. I That's thought, a huge change. Yeah, I agree. It was interesting to me because early in the speech, he was using a lot of the, you know, it's not really about religions. It's about good versus yeah. evil, blah, blah. But then he gets to the, hey, theologians, yeah. theologize. I'm like, you know, that's what I think a lot of people in the talk radio right who are frustrated with kind of some of the mushiness from their own Republican leaders. That's what they wanted to hear. Someone just to admit you can't talk about the problem of terrorism without talking about theology in the year 20, now 2017. <laughs> That's true, and I think he deserves credit for, for doing that much. Um, and I think he deserves credit for calling out Iran specifically mm-hmm. in, in the speech and making clear that the United States is no longer going to be treating Iran as a friend in waiting, but actually as the enemy that Iran is and has been for the better part of uh, several decades. The, but, the one thing he didn't do, however, uh, um, is very, very smart analysis on this from Elliot Abrams immediately after the speech. Uh, he was talking to CNN, and he said, Trump sometimes talks about terrorists and the, the terrorist threat as if it came down from Mars. And he, he kind of elided the, the long history of the Saudi regime, in particular of fomenting this terror, of paying for the Wahhabist schools, of uh, you know financing al-Qaeda types for decades, really. You Trump hater. It's not like 15 of the 19 9-11 terrorists were from Saudi. <laughs> oh, wait. But but that's 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 interesting to me because on the one hand you're right he's surrounded by people who you can absolutely say because of your decisions to spread Islam the way you chose to spread it you are part of the problem. Right. But on the other hand they are opponents of Iran which right now is kind of the engine of the biggest terror problem. I mean if you're president Steve Hayes, what do you do? Well, I mean, it, it, it's both. I mean, in, in a sense, you know, on the one hand, you've got you've got Iran that's that's not um, uh, aiding or funding or financing ISIS. Um, Iran certainly in the past has um, made it possible for Al Qaeda to do what Al Qaeda has done, um, has enabled Al Qaeda, has provided safe haven for Al Qaeda leaders, despite the fact that Iran is Sunni or is Shiite and, and Al Qaeda right. is Sunni. Um, so, in a sense, you're talking. About uh, you're talking about one big problem. In another sense, it's very different. And what President Trump, it seems pretty clear, has done is he said, "I'm going to be on 
the side of the Sunnis here. We're going to go back to our traditional alliances with Egypt, with Saudi Arabia, with others, and we are going to to back them in this fight, this broader regional fight with Iran. And he made very clear that he sees Iran as the enemy. Yeah, and not a lot of apologies. No going to Egypt and lecturing lecturing the Egyptians on, you know— the Egyptian government's behavior, no going to Egypt. And one of my favorite things President Obama used to do all the time, talking about the problems of Christianity. Yeah. Because Lord knows the Crusades were just, what, two or three weeks ago. Right. He, he and just opened, like right, exactly. you know, Islamic extremism. Well, I mean, you did have you did have uh, Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary, who was accompanying President Trump on the trip, praise the Saudis because he didn't see any protesters uh, while they were in Saudi Arabia without, I think, realizing yeah. that protests are punishable by death in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> hey, I, hey, you want to go to a place and have a problem? Go over to the Turkish embassy. They don't let any trouble there either. You know, And that is, I mean, to me, that's the, the question. Are we seeing a fundamental shift of our policy to, like you said, these more traditional alliances yeah. that is meaningful, that's going to shift defense assets, that's going to shift uh, you know, people inside the uh, uh, State Department, shift their focus? Or are we seeing just speeches... And then you come out of the other end with this kind of vague, it's hard to pick a good guy, so we're just not going to, which I some people would argue was the fallacy that the Obamas operated under, which is you could find good guys in this currently in this part of the world. Yeah. I mean, so we don't know is the, is the honest okay. answer to your question. Um, what we have seen is... Uh, I would say a good beginning. We've seen a, a, an embrace of, of Israel once again uh, after neglect and hostility, I would say, over the eight years of the Obama presidency. We have seen a very clear statement about what we think with respect to Iran and the Iranian regime, um, despite some of the exuberance that we've heard from U.S. media types about mm-hmm. the importance of reelecting uh, Rouhani right. in Iran. The regime is the regime. It's mm-hmm. a radical regime. It doesn't like the United States. They're bent on getting a nuclear weapon. We should talk about them in that way. They're the world's largest state sponsor mm-hmm. of terror. We should be clear-eyed about that and talk about it. Um, I think the real question on policy, and we're going to have this fantastic piece from Tom Jocelyn in this upcoming issue of the Weekly Standard. I've already read a version of it. It's brilliant. And it's it looks at the, the, the world. It looks at Donald Trump and this problem, jihadism, um, the 9-11 wars. Right. Jocelyn talks about, can we win the 9-11 wars? And if we if we want to, how do we do that? And really, there's the, the biggest conflict in in many respects is a conflict inside of Donald Trump. On the one hand, this is a guy who's instinctively opposed to intervention. He talks about coming home. We're going to refocus our resources here in the United States. We don't need to be involved everywhere around the world. At the the press conference he had with the Italian prime minister, when he was asked about the U.S. role in Libya, he said the U.S. has no role in Libya. So we we, we know where he comes from instinctively Mm -hmm. on those questions. But he has also said repeatedly, both as a candidate, now as president, that he intends to eradicate ISIS and al-Qaeda and like-minded jihadists from the face of the earth. He will crush them. He will bomb the blank out of them. You can't do both. I mean, you you can't pull back entirely, refocus on the United States unless you're willing to... You you can't crush these groups that are threats unless you're willing to engage more. And what's really interesting about this is if you if you listen to the way that Trump and some of his advisors talk about specifically what they're going to do in order to win this war against ISIS, they use a lot of rhetoric that sounds like Barack Obama. 
We're gonna we're gonna enlist our allies in the fight. We're gonna right. get the Jordanians and the Saudis mm-hmm. and others to stand up in a way that they haven't stood up before. Now maybe Donald Trump has a plan, or is such a good negotiator right. that he can get them to do the kinds of things that George W. Bush had limited success doing. Barack Obama didn't right. really have much success doing. But there is no substitute for American leadership on these things. If we want to crush ISIS and Al Qaeda, if we want to take on or challenge the Iranian regime and its exporting mm-hmm. of terror and and um, causing instability in the region, the United States is going to have to lead on those matters. And unless and until President President Trump decides that he wants to do that, we're not going to be successful. But it's interesting you look at the different environment that he's operating in that George W. Bush couldn't, for example. ISIS is there, you know, in the Middle East. It's a problem for those actors in a very immediate way. It's not like al-Qaeda, which is, yeah, go get those Westerners. You know, ISIS is right there. The other thing is they also have eight years of Obama. They see what happens when America withdraws from the world. So you wonder if if it's not an unusual opportunity. If President Trump decides we're going to lead the way Americans traditionally have led, with a narrow focus on ISIS in particular and al-Qaeda, not a focus of bringing democracy on that, his leadership as opposed to leading from behind might get these other actors to move in and then be more aggressive, and you could see some success because of the different backdrop. It's possible, but I mean, look, his... Donald Trump right now, at this moment, his rhetoric is, at least in terms of projecting American strength, his rhetoric is George W. Bush. His policies are more Barack Obama. And you've got to find, you know, those two are not (laughs) reconcilable, at least in the short term, unless he's much more clever than than many other people Mm -hmm. are looking at this situation. And, of course, this is President Trump now. Who knows what the next 24 hours will bring? And that's one of the challenges of President Trump is that he's all over the map. I want to ask you about one last thing. Have you been like me laughing all weekend about the media suddenly discovering, hey, these Muslim cultures have some problems with women? Hey, yeah. these, I'm, I'm watching reports on CNN, CNN and MSNBC that you never saw before, not during the Bush years, not during the Obama years. I mean, for a while, I'm like, what, what happened? Did like Breitbart take yeah. over the New York Times video feed? They are bashing away. at the, And I'm wondering, you know, guys, you're starting to make a case that maybe there is a problem inside this part of the world related to some ideology. I, I, I'm laughing at it. Well, look, I mean, to a certain extent, you get, can't get the mainstream media to embrace some of these things or at least uh, give them the kind of attention mm-hmm. they deserve unless Donald Trump – unless it implicates Donald Trump exactly. in one way or another. I mean, the, the you know, we had this argument for years about the extent to which Saddam Hussein supported radical Islamic terrorism, mm-hmm. including uh, al-Qaeda and its sure. affiliate groups. Um, there's abundant evidence that, in fact, he did. And uh, – Mainstream media has generally shied away from that. But when Donald Trump said, you know, Saddam Hussein was good at killing the terrorists, right. you suddenly saw all these mainstream media outlets <laughs> saying, but he supported all of these radicals. And, you know, those of us who made that argument exactly. 10 years ago looked around and said, well, you know, it's good to have you. Good to have you. But come on. It is Trump's world. We're all just living in it. It's true. Absolutely. Steve Hayes, thanks so much for joining us for the podcast. Thanks, Michael. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Daily Standard Podcast. You can find all our podcasts at weeklystandard.com or better still, just subscribe to them at iTunes or Google Play by searching 
Weekly Standard. When you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode of The Daily Standard, including our special features, The Confab every weekend and Crystal Clear every Friday. Plus, you can leave reviews of the podcast and let people know that you found content that you enjoy. Don't enjoy it? Have a question, comment, or complaint? Just email podcasts at weeklystandard.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Michael Graham.